Never complain, never explain. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast with me, your host, Austin Yoakum. On this episode of the podcast, we have Jeremy Kivel. Jeremy is the co-owner of Cova Sports, an elite site for developing baseball players in North Texas. On this episode of the podcast, Jeremy takes us down the rabbit holes of how to throw harder, hit further, and get signed, and how we can keep these goals the actual goals. He talks about his journey of throwing with no UCL, how he balances the self-organization approach with the, with the Q-Soup approach to find the magic that is in every unique athlete. Jeremy brought great energy to this podcast and is just an all-around awesome dude. I really love his philosophies on how he grabs from everything and doesn't really shame any coach in what they're doing, but looks for the magic that he can steal from them and apply it to his athletes and his population that he's working with. And I really think that that no expert approach is why Jeremy is who he is as a coach. And I really hope you guys get as much out of this podcast and listening to him as I did. Thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for the continued support of this podcast. Keep chopping wood. Before we hit the intro music, I wanted to introduce to you guys the Yoakum Strength Insider. The Yoakum Strength Insider is our online training platform that takes all of the ideas that we talk about on this podcast and implements them into a program that is available to you at the touch of your fingers. Our goal with the Yoakum Strength Insider is to create better movers, to level up your life, and to move forward from where you are. We do this in a holistic fashion. Not only will you receive a program that has helped hundreds of people become better movers, you'll also receive access to our app that allows you to track everything, has video links for all exercises, and allows you to be in constant communication with a Yoakum Strength coach. Along with this, you'll get our 30-page PDF nutrition and lifestyle guidelines that includes everything from what to eat, how much of it to eat, why we're eating it, meditation habits, and other lifestyle habits that we implement with our clients to really level up their lives. If you're interested in trying out one of these programs, use Podcast 25 in the discount section right before you pay for 25% off your first program. Boom. This is the Yoakum Strength Podcast. Take the leap down the rabbit hole with us as we interview elite-level guests to unravel what high performance really is. All right, well, Coach, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you here. Let's rip it, baby. Yeah, we're pumped. We've been been geeking out for the last 15 minutes about uh, the baseball world, business world, and life, so uh, I'm pumped to have you here. Um, Can you tell the listeners a little bit about how you got into the baseball world? You kind of told, you you touched on your story, and that's what really made me want to hit record because you talked about the no UCL and you talked about kind of your training journey. Can you kind of talk about that journey of yours, uh, then the no UCL journey, and then how you turn that into the business that you have today? Yeah, so um, I you know, played baseball growing up, just like any other kid, um, was talented, right. Um, kind of took that talent up through high school, um, played through high school, ended up having a, uh, an opportunity to play division one baseball, turned that down, got drafted out of high school to the uh, Cincinnati Reds organization, um, played with them from 2012 to 2018. Um, so roughly like part of their organization for like seven years. Um, and then during that process, I, I had, you know, ACL surgery. Um, I had uh, UCL surgery as well, like Tommy John surgery. Um, so just kind of like in and out of the training room, I actually had a ACL done as a sophomore in high school too. So like I was introduced to the rehab world very early, um, which is a blessing now that I look back on it. But um, yeah, so, you know, had my career um, during my career, I met my current business partner 
um, TJ Anton, who's currently in the big leagues. Um, and, and me and me and him have kind of gone back and forth on training and different ideas about training over the years, but you know, we have always kind of worked together with that stuff. And then me and him came together and, and thought about Kova and put Kova together. Um, and then kind of like the whole idea behind Kova was for me, like it was, you know, my kind of like opening up the kind of like the the second page of my life. Like I had my career, my baseball career, and then it's like, okay, what am I doing next? You know, I had the injuries um, after I had got hurt, you know, for me, it was just like the whole why, like, you know, why did I get hurt? Like, what's the whole process inside of that? Um, and then just, and I, I know we're going to expound some of that stuff, but just kind of learning um, the whole rehab process and diving into those concepts um, for me and then applying them for myself. Yes. You know, I, I, I threw with a full tear, but like, for me, the goal is to learn those things and apply them to the people that I get to connect with on a daily basis um, at Coba. But, you know, and that's what we do at Coba. So we, we train, um, we train guys to throw harder. We train guys to come back from injuries. And we train guys, you know, just for overall performance on the uh, on the baseball field. Nice. And you 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 pose that question. I'm gonna throw this at you. You pose the question. You went down the journey of why did I get hurt? Uh, why why did you get hurt? Like when you went down that journey for yourself, like and you talked about all these people that you studied. Like knowing now and looking back at it, like why did you get hurt? And how not that you could have prevented it in a sense, but like put yourself in the best situation to avoid that situation, like. Because I, I think that is kind of a deep, like now that I think like that is a deep, like going really pinpointing and going back, why did I get hurt? The preparation, everything that you've learned since then and the journey that's taken you through. Why did you get hurt? And what has that journey led to? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, you, you can't like put your finger on one thing. And if you are trying to do that, you are going to be a lost puppy. So um, it's really about connecting the dots um, as far as, you know, you know, if, if I had to answer why, you know, it's a combination of probably a hundred things. It's like, you know, first and foremost, like putting yourself in the environment to recover. Um, so like, you know, your sleep, um, the, the light that you're getting, you know, sunlight, um, the food that you're assimilating, um, you know, the food you're ingesting, um, the, the preparation needed for the environment that you're going to place yourself in, which, you know, professional baseball, the that's a pretty high stimulus on a day-to-day -day basis. Like, so the, the training and the preparation, um, understanding, you know, the, the movement competency and the, and the compensation patterns that, that, that arise from, from throwing a baseball for 20 years, um, and understanding how to train around those compensation patterns that, that may, um, end up being long story short. I, I think the, the why is first off, like, the organism or the the body that's being placed in the environment is it prepared um, um, as far as the efficiency um, is it prepared as far as like you can even think like muscles and bones like how those are moving like can can your muscles like contract um, fast enough to absorb the forces being applied on it um, you know for me I, I think big eye opener for why I got hurt. I probably listened to every Dr. Tommy John podcast, um, all of them that retain that pertain to injury, like, you know, 10 times, like just over and over and over again. And I think that that was a big eye opener. So shout out to him, but really it's about, I, I think the why to injury, a lot of different things, but you know, the environment that you're putting yourself in to recover, um, the kind of bouncing back and forth from sympathetic parasympathetic states, being able to control that as an athlete. Um, and then, um, just 
the training and rehab for me, training and rehab for me, like the, the stimulus that you need to put yourself under needs to be so high. Like it has to be so high. And like in the professional sports world, that's, you know, kind of frowned upon, you know, it's gotta be safe, safe, safe. Um, you know, so I think just in general, um, I think, especially after my first Tommy John, like the rehab was so safe and like, just like in the professional sports world, like there wasn't enough stimulus put in to my body after getting cut open for me to be able to come back and and sustain like throwing a hundred miles an hour on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I would say the why is, you know, just to make it simple, like the environment that you place yourself in to recover as far as like the sunlight and food that you're ingesting, the sleep quality that you're getting, the, the stimulus that you're um, putting into your body through training for whatever you're asking it to do, whether that's walk up a flight of stairs or throw a baseball hundred on a daily basis, that, that stimulus needs to be matched or higher. And I think that that concept is really huge for, for even, even your physical therapists that, that have a master's degree in PT, like they need to, they really need to grasp their, they need to grasp that concept because until we collectively grasp that concept in the training and, and PT world, you know, re-injury is going to be a thing. Re-injury is already going to be a thing, but we, I'm pretty sure that we can lower that percentage. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the why for me as far as, you know, why injuries happen. And you, you keep mentioning this high level of stimulus and for the people that are kind of new to that approach, because I, I agree with that, that thought process and everything is like safe. It's like you have to throw a baseball hundred miles an hour on to prepare for that. We're doing like these YWTs with these bands that are like five pounds, you know, like the, the stimulus preparing you for what you're required to do is not even close. What does that stimulus look like for you? What did it look like in your rehab process when you really had that light bulb moment of like, okay, I'm going to start training it. And what does it look like for you now that you're at Cova and you're, you're training athletes like that? Like, what is a high stimulus, you know, like what does that actually tangibly mean for you? Yeah. So for me, I think that a lot of it starts with the, the, the internal kind of ability to, to lock in. And like you said, YTW, um, you know, that exercise can be pretty intense or it can be like, Hey, I'm just going to check this box off and go home. Right. So is uh, YTW going to target, um, the, the structures and the, and the soft tissue necessary to absorb the force. Who knows? We could talk about that at a later date, but it's really for me, starting with the intent that's being placed into whatever exercises is, is doing or whatever exercise you're doing. Um, you know, and I think that being, being a guy that throws a hundred and has that kind of like, uh, I have, I have that switch that a lot of people don't have to be able to throw a baseball that hard. Like I, th- I threw like 97 in high school. So like understanding that I have that ability and being able to tap, tap into that in rehab, I think that that is like, you can apply that into any exercise. Like you could form rotations with three pounds or like a thousand pounds. It's like, you know, like drop catches of some sort where you're absorbing force, um, you know, your basic rebounders. But I think um, the, as far as like the stimulus that you're going to receive from an exercise starts internal, like you can just go like straight mayhem psychopath with whatever exercise you're doing and like do it until you're disinterested in it and you're going to reap the benefits from that um so you know exercise selection is something we can talk about all day but it's all about that internal um kind of intent that that you're putting into this exercises i think that's how you raise the overall level of stimulus yeah i I really like that point i think dak had a post on this the other day because he was doing some i think he he was doing some uh, wall slides or something like that 
Um, and, and he made a very similar point. It's like, if you do wall slide for like two hours with high intent, like you, you're going to build structure, like you're, you're going to get something <laughs> out of that. He's like, the, the issue is you combine a low, like a technically low stimulus exercise, like a wall slide with a low stimulus intent of like, um, two sets of 10 of it. And they're like, now you get low stimulus, with low stimulus, with low intent. Like you're going to get no response out of that, out of that exercise selection and intent selection. Three by 10, baby. Yeah, the three by ten, which is and then I think like like not only are we picking ex like if you're gonna pick if you're gonna do uh if you're gonna do a low intent selection. So like you're picking low intent, you're doing the three by ten, whatever, like your your exercise selection or your um stimulus selection has to be so high to get like to get that out of it. Like you, you better be doing that at like six hundred pounds if you're gonna do two by like twenty reps of it, you know? Whereas if mm-hmm. you have you have somebody doing 2000 reps of it in the same amount of time or the the same training session like you're, you're going to get so much more out of that and when you are doing 600 pounds out of it like the that like the 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 stimulus that is going to be like you're you're like not very many people can do it whereas everybody can do the the 2000 reps of the of the wall slides you know mm-hmm. 100% I think that um that's something that's not addressed from like strength coaches and PTs too. Like I was saying, like the intent, like we can go over exercise selection, but like, I also think the, like the self-organization um, pieces behind, like, like say you have an eight-year-old kid that's throwing a baseball on the side of his house. Like if he's just flipping it to his dad, it's like, cool. But if you have an eight-year-old kid that like has this desire and dream to play professional baseball at that age, and he's throwing bullpens on the side of his house, he does that over a 10 year period with that intent or that emotional connection to the task that he's doing guess what that organism is going to is going to organize based around that task that has been given and it's going to learn how to throw hard and move fast right it's and even if you don't have the the anatomical structuring to complete the task like you're going to compensate to complete that task depending on how deeply connected you are to it. I think that that is such a, a massive piece, um, in the training world. And it's, it's not easy to unlock and it's not easy for a coach to like talk to a player and be like, Hey, like, why are you coming into the doors? Like, like, can you sit down with with every single athlete and do that? You know, I try my best to, to, to do that with my guys in the building. Um, and we have a pretty good culture, um, as far as that goes by just addressing that, that kind of question, like, Hey, why are you here? Right. Um, so I think that that's really the biggest piece, like I was saying, for for rehab and training in general. Um, and I think that, you know, you can apply that concept into, into anything um, that, that you're doing, honestly. Yeah, the the eight year old throwing the ball against the the wall, the 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 uh, all the kids on the playground, like the, the amount of stimulus they're able to get in because it's not it's not viewed as like it's it's viewed as like something that's going to help them get to a goal. There's something so powerful fueling that thing, whether it be fun play with friends or whether it be that massive goal of like making the major league. I remember um when I was a kid, I, I used to <laughs> I used to throw a ball on top of this roof and would do these like um blind catches, but I would do it for like three to four hours at a time because my whole goal, like I would just sit there and vision like I'm gonna be NFL player, NFL player, NFL player. And I would mm-hmm. sit there and catch this ball off a roof. And it's like nobody ever would program and nobody would be able to program that. Like there's no way you go and program four hour of four hours of catching off or well, you know, or four hours of throwing. Like when you have something feeling it, like it's almost like you don't have to program it. And it, it's the only way it's mm-hmm. doable is, is having that why figured out or at least having a why feeling you, even if you don't have it necessarily figured out in the, in a verbal form. Like when I was probably seven or eight, I probably didn't have it verbally figured out what my why was, but I had something feeling that training session in quotations, that training mm-hmm. session. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I did the same thing. It's like, uh, 
Well, I think, you know, somewhere internally, I want to be a good athlete, like, and I feel pretty strongly about that. So let's go play basketball for eight hours. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that, yeah, but you're not going to be like, all right, one by four hours, um, wall ball catches with your eyes closed. Yeah. But um, like, you know, there's a balance for sure. But I think that incorporating a little bit of that is is important. So, the, okay. So how are you incorporating things like that into your guys' training session? And how do you, because we, we talked before, um, like what you guys do is a business. Like and you have you have a lot of athletes rolling in and out of your 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 uh, facility, um, and it is a business. And how are we system? I keep like keeping that systemized approach, but also keeping that playful, like why driven approach to what they're doing. Like how are you guys actually tangibly implementing some of these some of these aspects while yeah. keeping it a business? Yeah. So you know that's definitely the the hardest part. Um, you know for me as a business owner, looking at it from the time that I have the kids and how can I optimize the times, you know, that they're in the building, you know, it's, you know, roughly, you know, going to be a couple hours, um, for like throwing and, and training. Um, so it's, it's definitely like really hard. I think that, um, as far as like teaching them the intent and having that emotional connection to what they're doing. Um, I think a lot of it, a lot of it is just holding the athletes accountable, um, you, you know, for most kids, you can't like say, all right, let's go do this for four hours. Like you, they're, they're probably just not going to be at that type of level yet, especially from a 14 year old or like a 15 year old kid. So just starting with the whole concept of them showing up on a consistent basis, I think that like, especially this day and age in general, like getting them to show up, you know, three, four five or six times a week is a great start. And then holding them accountable on like how they're going about their business on a day-to-day -day basis is a great start. And then obviously you have your outliers where like, we have some kids that will, you know, they'll do like vertical jumps, um, for, you know, I don't know how long and we're going to be like, all right, you know, you got to leave because um, <laughs> they're like competing with each other. Um, but then another thing that I'll do, like, for example, um, you know, we have guys that'll come in that'll, that'll be, you know, like, Hey, we're going to sign up for throwing and lifting. Okay, cool. Um, they'll come in and we'll assess them. And then I'll just be like, okay, like red flag, red flag, red flag, like this guy, like his scap doesn't move. Like his hips don't move. His spine is frozen. Right. So for guys like that, we'll implement or, or like, we'll take away some of the, like, you know, your training, like weightlifting or like your throwing training. And like, I'll implement it in, inside of our system where they're doing like five or six different exercises for a set or two until disinterested. Where it's like, hey, this guy's scap is like, you know, it doesn't move. So how is he going to get into these deep layback positions and and apply force to the ball like in elite level throw? Where it's like, okay, well, let's let's give him some stuff that gets his hips, spine, and scaps moving, and let's have him do those like, you know, and and for me, like whatever exercises it is, right? If it's a guy that has like some some scap, like his scap basically does not move, right? It could be. Um, like some scap ups, some, some deep push ups, you know, some like single arm chest flies, um, some, uh, what's another good one that we'll do just like some going through a range of motion, but like a Y where you're just kind of like moving in and out of a range of motion in a Y position, like whatever the exercise is, right. We talked about that, you know, and just having them, it's like, Hey, like how many do I do? It's like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, do you want to throw 95? Like, um, like just do it until you feel like happy that you, you know, improved that's a common thing that I'll say to guys and I'll kind of put them in that situation and I'll kind of watch from afar. You're like, Hey, like, how'd your, you know, how'd your exercises go today? And like, they're like, Oh, okay. I'm like, well, you know, if, if I see that they're not putting that intent, 
I know what that looks like. Um, I'll have a conversation with them. Like, hey, we got to remember like what we're doing, right? We got to look like long-term over the next couple of years. Like, where do you want to be in your career? Like, you know, so if you come in and you and you grind your face off for a couple of years and you do this with that level of intent, you're going to, you know, you're going to get closer to where you want to go. I promise you that. So it's really about communication and then giving them that like kind of like sets until disinterested on their own um, and kind of seeing how they react to that. I think that that's, that's a big, big time implementation for us. Yeah. I like that a lot. A couple of things. It's like the systemized approach with the individualized touch. That is kind of like that. That's what makes that magic. And I, I kind of do the very similar thing in, uh, at our facility, but it's like, I try to give this, and it's the terrible word now, but like that holistic program that we're giving our athletes, like this is going to level you up as a human athlete. And then when we go into uh, fixing like specific individual traumas of the body, like, okay, this is a uh, NFL lineman that like has a broken shoulder. Like that's where we're going to take, okay, we're going to individually add this certain exercise that hopefully free it up. And then for you, um, let's say it's a soccer athlete with a hip, like we're okay. We're going to work a little bit of hips there, but keep it, keep the the system and the, 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 cause the, the human body is a system. So it's like, you mm-hmm. have these specific fixes that hopefully we're touching on it. But if the rest of the system isn't fucked, functioning the the rest of the system is not going to fix you know so you're still going to always have Mm -hmm. that kink so it's like keeping that systemized approach and keeping the the system of the body wholly functioning and keeping that stuff moving while adding that individual touch to touch to fix that kind of the trauma that they have through their sport or the the issues that they're having through their sport i really like that approach yeah yeah and i see that you guys implement that too and then i think sometimes you probably get guys too that they just don't like they didn't move from like, the age of two to 10. Right. So like they don't have that, um, that just, they don't have the movement options where it's like, you want to do this high level task. It's like, you know, I know you, you were playing wall ball for four hours. Like I was playing basketball for six hours, like, you know, wiffle ball, like kickball, like, you know, I'm out there, I was out there moving until someone yelled at me to come home. Like, I don't think a lot of kids are getting that anymore um especially over the last like five to ten years so it's our job and that's why it's so beautiful that we get to do what we do because it's our job to kind of step in and make sure the human organism continues to adapt with these different you know training modalities Um, but yeah you're totally right like the system right and then throwing in the individual pieces to what if it's to heal trauma or like to you know level the, the 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 organism up from like a standpoint of like you know, can their scat move? Can their spine move? Obviously we all know that if you're throwing a baseball, that spine's got to move. Like, so if you come in and that spine isn't moving, like we're going to make sure that we, in our system, like no matter what, we're going to do some sort of spine moves every week, probably twice, three times a week, you know? And then if it's like a really big issue or a red flag guy for us, it's like, Hey, here's like, you know, let's do this stuff on the side as well. Um, you know, almost like a on your own setting, like until, you know, disinterested. And like, we have a bunch of coaches watching around or walking around. We can see if guys are just kind of coming in and going through the motions. And and we don't, we don't accept that um, at all, but we don't just like yell at them. Like, we'll be like, Hey, like, you know what, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, you good. Like trying to like walk them through like some stuff that they could be dealing with, you know, outside of training as well. I think that that's a big piece of it. Yeah, exactly. And I, that's the, we call it like our homework too, that we kind of give the athletes like going home, like, okay, this is your homework. This is what you're going to do for your homework. Uh, and, and one of the other pieces that you mentioned is you mentioned early, but like grind your face off for a couple of years. Like that, that's something that like getting an athlete to accept the fact that it's going to take years and, 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 and 
like you're you'll make progress every day like going forward it's not like it's just gonna one day you make it but like I, I feel like so many athletes get stuck in this thought process of like it has to happen now it has to happen in this week it's like and and they, they just waste and, and it ends up like they never going anywhere like they spin in this circle i talk about like spinning in the circle of like deloading and peaking deloading and peaking like spinning in the circle of like grinding for a week and then not doing anything for two or like half-assing one thing and then pretending like i'm gonna go 120 percent the next week it's like really emphasizing the point that it takes years like it takes years of that eight-year-old throwing against his back wall years and reps and thousands of things and like if you want to mimic that that has to be an everyday thing of like we are going to make a lead, like one swing of the axe every single day to make progress. So in four years, like it, it should happen so slowly that in four years, you just look back and like, holy shit, that's where I was four years ago. But getting an athlete to accept that fact of like, it's, it's a four year journey. It's an eight year journey. It's a 40 year journey. And if you approach it that way, how much more progress you're going to make than if you approach it in this, like this grind hustler, like mindset of like, uh, I'm going to do it with, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to have a baller year this year. And like you, I just, there's so many of those athletes just waste so much time and just like mm -hmm. waste their athletic potential by going in this circle of like grind, rest, grind, burnout, grind. Like, it's like, man, just, yeah. just pick up an ax and swing it every single day and see where that takes you. A hundred percent. And and I like to, that's why you got to talk to the athletes too, to kind of see what they might be dealing with some other stuff. Right. You know, so you got to let, you got to talk to them and get to know them a little bit, but you know, the, you're totally right. If I can swing that ax once and I push myself in the right direction, like that's huge, but you have to continue to know kind of where you're going at the end of the day and show up on a, on a daily basis and push yourself in the direction that you're trying to go. Um, but yeah, I think that having that, um, kind of built into your systems as well is it's like, Hey, like you got some stuff going on. You showed up today. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to put this high level of stimulus, right? but you, you definitely like you inched your way still towards the direction that you're, you're trying to go and not being that, you know, asshole, like football coach was like, you're lazy. This kid's doing this. And it's like, you know, maybe at some point you have to be a little bit like that, but like you, you also have to understand that like there's an athlete dealing with other things off the field. You come in, you have them do this, you know, two hour workout with a bunch of different moving pieces. And it's like, Hey, bro, you showed up today. Like, how you doing? Like, like how's like, how's everything going? Right. And you just kind of let talk to the athlete. So they don't go into that burnout and kind of phase where they're like, oh, I don't want to go today. It's like, and, and we do a good job of that because the kids love, love coming in. And then another thing to kind of touch on with that too, is like the kids, like you're saying that like, Oh, I'm going to go hard this week. It's like, or I'm going to go hard for this game or I got a velo day today. Like, let me be this completely different guy. Like I'm throwing, it's like, no, what's your end goal? Where are you trying to go? You know, velo days or high intent days are going to be a part of that process, but, you know, try to strive to be that same process oriented guy on a day-to-day -day basis and look to swing that ax or chop that wood at least once a day and push yourself in, in the right direction. I think that that, that mindset is huge and that's our job, right? You know, a coach can program his butt off and like come up with these new concepts and ideas. But if you're not connecting with your athletes on an emotional level on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, you got to You have to do that, especially if you want to build the culture. I think that that's, that's a big piece for, for coaches to do. And it looks like you do that. You, you have great relationships with your athletes. I see y'all having a great time in there. I think that I've learned a lot from like watching your content too, and how you connect with your athletes. Um, and, you know, I, I, I hope and wish that that more coaches can kind of take that mindset and that approach with their with their uh, 
athletes. Yeah, one of the things you said, they love coming in. Uh, and one of the things I want to talk to you about is the environment because it, it does look like they love coming in and like the energy is high and like every, like these guys are goofing around and it's like, like why, do, why do they love coming into your place? Like what is that? Like what makes them want to come into your place? Because uh, like you said, like it is two hours of work, you know, like that's what they're, they're coming into us. It's At the end of the day, it's two hours of work, but they, they, they'll they come in, like they, they consistently come in and they, they have a good time and they want to come in. Like none of us are forcing them to come in and honestly, like they're paying you to come in, you know, like mm-hmm. what, why do they love that? Like, what is that piece? What have you built out in the environment? Why, why do they love that mm-hmm. piece? Well, I think um, there's probably a lot of different um, reasons why, but I think that just the hierarchy in general too where you have, you know, we have our big dogs and we have our lower level young guys. Like we have, you know, eighth, seventh and eighth graders all the way up to like division one, like athletes. So it's like that, just that hierarchy and like seeing like kind of where you want to be. Right. Um, and, and you get that in the building where it's like, I want to be that guy. You know, I want to be going to Texas or OSU or like whatever it is. Um, and then also the, um, the fact that they know that like the coaches give a crap about them and when they come in, they're going to improve or take the swing of that ax and move in the right direction. Right. They know that they're going to come in and improve. And if they're not improving, they know that from, from our standpoint that we're not happy. Like if you're not coming into COVID sports and getting better, we're not kind of like, you know, fulfilling what our mission is. Right. So we're going to hold ourselves accountable. So they come in, they have that hierarchy where they want to be that top dog. Um, they know when they come in, they're going to get better. They know the coaching staff cares about them. Um, and then also we, they know that the coaching staff can take a step back and, and know that they had a football game and, you know, their basketball game and like their birthday dinner with their parents. And like, they got a bunch of stuff going on and we can let them come in and just kind of get their work in and, and shoot the crap with them and laugh a little bit and, and talk about life things. And like, you know, if they're dealing with any sort of mental, you know, um, depression or like anything like they know that they can come to us and talk to us about that. And like, it's unbelievable how many kids will come up and be like, man, I just love coming to Cova. And I'm just like, it, it just, it, it fills my cup up for sure to, to hear that from our guys. But I think that those are like kind of like the main, main reasons why. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm interested in that. Now you, you have all these kids coming in, um, and you, you have so many different pieces that you're working on. Like you're, you're working on the hitting, you're working on the throwing, but you're also working on the physical preparation. What does kind of a day look like? Or maybe it, maybe it is a week set up with you, with your athletes, but what does that look like? Like, what does a day or week look like to where they're getting the hitting, the pitching, uh, the hitting, the throwing, the pitching, the, the, the lifting in, yeah. uh, all in one facility. Like what, what does that layout look like? How are you working that out with your athletes? And you have a ton of people rotating in and out. So I'm sure there's a ton of moving parts there. Like, how does that kind of work? Yeah. So first it starts off with just kind of like the business structure. Um, You know, we have time slots, right. And we have a certain amount of people for those time slots. So, you know, if you're not showing up on time or you're showing up late, you know, you gotta, we gotta clean that up or like get, get a heads up from you, but it works like, and not everyone um, hits, not everyone pitches, not everyone lifts. Um, People can sign up for like individual things. Um, But like, if you're a guy that is like a thrower, right. Like they come in, they do their throwing workout, right? After they do their throwing workout, they'll do their their training, right? And then they'll leave. So it's kind of like that rotation. If it's a hitter, they'll come in, they'll do their hitting stuff, they'll they'll go lift and then they'll leave, right? Um, we have, you know, roughly ten thousand square feet with you know, you know, so like we have enough room um, to rotate um, different types of like 
you know, skills, like whether it's hitting or throwing and like, we have a designated hitting area, we have designated throwing areas, um, but it will be nice. And I'll, I will put this out there, but we're, we're actually building a new facility. It's going to be like 15,000 square feet on the bottom. And then we're going to have like 8,000 square feet up top. So we're expanding to give ourselves a little bit more room to move around, but we are, we are compact, but you know, we, we do have a really good system and, and guys will rotate in. There's plenty of room for guys to do everything, but that's kind of what it looks like for them. Um, um, as far as, you know, or that's what it looks like for us, as far as like how the business goes, like we have a very set structure with set times and guys sign up for those times and they come in on those times. So it works and it continues to just kind of flow throughout the day um, where they go to this station, this station, and this station. And then as far as like from a player standpoint, um, like if it was a guy doing throwing, right, they would come in. Um, there's anywhere from three to five players in a group. There's going to be anywhere from three to five coaches on the floor coaching that specific thing. Um, and they'll have their assigned kind of like movement stuff that they'll come in and like do some spine moves or like, you know, some hip moves where, where they're addressing, just kind of getting the body moving, warming up a little bit. They'll do their standard, um, you know, bands, shoulder tube, wrist weights. We implement that because it's, it's, it's easy for guys to just kind of come in and bang it out. Um, and it works in our system, but we will throw in like different things at guys too. So our kind of mindset is like, we, we want to have guys come in and get used to that kind of rotation and that structure. And then from there, that allows us to throw in that kind of individual piece for the guys, um, depending on what we see is holding them back from performing well in their skill. Um, but they'll come in, they'll get their movement stuff in, they'll get their throwing warm up in. And then from there, we'll go into plyos. Um, every kid has like an individualized routine. So um, depending on what sort of movement and efficiencies we see, um, you know, they're doing plyos based around that movement and efficiency. And then from there, they'll go into some sort of other implement that, that kind of is more like self-organization based. So from, we'll go from like a strict, like internal kind of setting, internal queuing setting as a coach, um, um, from a coaching standpoint, and then we'll throw them more into like, you know, self-organization based stuff. Right. Um, we, we mix in like athletic throwing, like all kinds of, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, water bags. We really enjoy doing that with guys. So we, we try to balance the like kind of whole internal, like processing of like, what is the throw to like also mixing in the like self-organization based, like be an athlete and let your body kind of organize based around the task or constraint. Um, so we kind of address all that and then they go into the weight room, right? They go into the weight room and then inside the weight room, um, we'll try to like kind of address each quality, right? Um, uh, mobility, um, strength, you know, just overall output. Um, we try to address each quality um, in the weight room on a weekly basis. And then from there, like we'll throw different things at different athletes or we'll throw different things at different groups of athletes, depending on what we think they need. Um, so, you know, we have that set structure but we also have a setup in a way to where we have enough coaches that can keep their eye op open um, and make adjustments per athlete. Um, so it works. Guys get better. We enjoy it. It looks good. It feels good. Um, but we're also looking to improve on a daily basis. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love the task and constraints thing. And that's something that I really want to talk to you about both throwing and mm -hmm. hitting wise that, that, that kind of let athletes athlete after the internal cue of like doing what they're doing. Um, how how are you implementing that kind of some of this constraint level led approach or differential learning approach like is it yeah. is it is it general like you're just trying to expose the athlete to as many different things is it uh i want to specifically constrain them to this and we're going to work on this specific aspect 
are you balancing these two things? How are you going about that, um, that approach and like using these drills with these athletes? Yeah. So, um, for me, um, and just kind of like through my experience, I have like thousands of hours on the floor coaching guys. Um, for me, you know, I've dabbled in every single type of, um, concept from a coaching standpoint, especially throwing development, you know, you have your, you have your internal like cueing, like, Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, do this. Hey, put your arm here. Hey, put your hips here. Like, you know, there's up ups and downsides to that kind of process. And then you have your, on the other end of the spectrum, you have your kind of like self-organization guys where it's like, Hey, like give them, you know, these things to do and like, don't coach them at all zero internal cueing like don't let them like just let their bodies like figure it out um you know you have you have that kind of mindset as well so like if you think of that in spectrums like one in the spectrum would be like a bunch of crazy like internal cueing like you know they like to call it like cue soup where it's like i'm just like verbal cueing the kid to death and then you have like the don't say anything and let kind of like their body organize we what we try to do is is work the best of both worlds. If you think about it in terms of spectrums, like you got each end of the spectrum, you know, one kid might be a highly advanced guy that kind of kind of work through some internal cues. Right. The other, the other kid might be like a 14 year old that is just like completely clueless. And we just need to let him throw and like, kind of like throw with some internal cues at him. But more than, more than not, we're just going to let him kind of Hey, we're doing plyos. We're doing overload and underload. The body's going to learn how to organize based around that. Hey, we're going to throw some footballs today. We're going to let the arm kind of organize around that. Hey, we're going to do some water bags, you know, in these three or four different type of like drill settings, let the body organize around that with very minimal, you know, verbal cueing. And then, like I said, for that advanced athlete, we might like internally cue him a lot more. So for us, um, you know, looking at a guy, like I like to think, um, I like to use kind of like physics and the application of force for like looking at inefficiencies with throwers. So like if the guy's throwing, um, I'm kind of looking at how the bones are, are moving or how the muscles are contracting that are kind of limiting their ability to apply force in the setting, which for most of our athletes is downhill, right? Like, so downhill to a catcher. It's like, if, if, if I see that they're not hitting these certain positions or they're not, um, having these certain concepts of throwing, like, like how is their arm passive? Is there an impulse from their front leg? Does their pelvis stabilize a front foot strike? Does their torso stabilize because their glove size in good positions? Like, is the force being transferred proximal to distal? Like all those basic, un, like basic kind of things um, in terms of physics, like in applying force, like we, we kind of look at it um, through that lens. And then from there, we set up these um, constrained environments to like target those inefficiencies and how they're applying the force. Um, I, I don't like overcoaching guys, but for some guys up front, I want them to understand the throw the way that I understand the throw. I'm not just going to like hope and pray that this self-organization process works in two years for a guy. It's like, I want that to help them, but I also want them to understand the throw as much as I do so they can become their own coach. Right. So like that's huge for me. So I, I think that we do a really good job at COVA at using all the tools in our toolbox. And for me, as the person kind of overseeing that, I look to learn and improve on all these new, new age, uh, nuanced concepts. And, and, and like, instead of looking at like different types of mindsets or like strategies of coaching, like from a negative light, like, oh, that guy sucks. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I try to like take, um, 
you know, from that concept or that idea, I try to take the good things that I agree with that I think are applicable to my clientele and like understand and wrap my head around that concept and understand it on such a deep level that I can therefore teach and apply it with my guys. And then like, for me, it's just about like increasing the size of my toolbox and the tools inside of it as a coach, and then teaching that to my guys that help me coach on a daily basis. So that's kind of like our mindset. But, um, for me, um, for hitting or throwing, like you see where there's a lack of that force being applied, right? Or the lack of that transfer of energy into the task, whether it's hitting a ball or, or throwing. Um, I think that once we kind of pinpoint that, then from there, we try to like go from like very highly constrained, like targeting that specific movement. And then inside of that actual session, we go from that highly constrained targeted um, kind of approach. And then we slowly work into that actual task over that course of an hour. So like they understand what they're trying to do on a very micro like level, like, Hey, my, my hips need to do this to transfer energy. Okay, cool. And then as they go throughout their session, they start to slowly get like to like actually throwing downhill and like implementing that, like that fill or that movement where we collectively as a coaching staff think that this is where he's limited. This is where he's not like applying as much force into the ball to throw hard or to be just overall efficient at the task. Like, cause our, our goal, like I played professional baseball, right? So at the end of the day, my goal for the guys is like for them to go out and like get guys out. Like, can I, can I go out on my high school team or my college team or like in the minor leagues or big leagues? And can I go out and can I actually like get guys out? Right. I don't like, you know, pull downs are cool. I love pull downs. It's a great training stimulus. Right. But like, I don't, that's like very low on my priority list. Like my goal for guys is like, can they go out and can they execute a slider? Right. Can they, can they learn a new pitch? Can they throw a change up? Can they throw a fastball up? Can they throw a sinker? Should you throw a sinker? Should you throw a forcing? Right. Like stuff along those lines, like the ultimate goal for us is can they go out as a pitcher and get guys out right on the hitting side? Like can hitters go in and consistently barrel balls up? Can they go out and can they read the pitcher? Right. Can they see a breaking ball out of the hand adjust and hit a rocket the other way? Right. So it all goes back to that kind of goal at the end of the day. And then we construct an environment that works on their inefficiencies. And then we slowly bend them, blend them into the actual tasks. So they know what that feels like on the actual field. And it's familiar for them. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause that, that was, that was one thing I was going to ask is like how you balance that number, like the numbers output approach with the like task goal at hand, which is to get them out. And I, I really like it. almost seems like like you're giving them the tools with the internal cues. You're giving them like that kind of pathway and these tools to get the person out. And then you're also exposing them how like how to use these tools, too, because I think there's these two parts. It's like one like there's the one school like and a lot of gyms will like give these players a lot of tools, but they'll never show them really how to use the tool. And then there's like other places where it's like we're working on one V ones all the time in football or we're like, we're working this um, skill part, which is great. Like you're showing them how to use the tool. They really don't have like a tool to use like in the first place. Like, okay. Like they know like what to do They're They're pretty smart. I would say that part is it's less worked on, but it's for sure. Like you see it in wide receivers and DBs all the time. I'm sure you see it in the baseball world, but they don't actually have like a, a tool to use. Like there's no battery to that tool. It's like a dead yeah. drill. Like they know how to use it. They know exactly where to put it, but it's a dead drill. So I, yeah. I really like that approach that you're doing. It seems like you're working both aspects, like working on that numbers and the tool, but you're also showing them how to use that tool. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And I think that 
you know, for majority of our clientele is like, you know, 15 to 17. Right. So like we have to, I wouldn't say dumb it down, but like we, you know, it has to be like a, a, a constrained environment. We can't, like I said, we can't like wish and hope for the whole self-organization process to happen. Like I want this kid, I want this kid to play college baseball. And so does he, right. So like, I got to educate him on the throw. What is, what is the throw? Right. And then I have to, like you said, give him the necessary tools to kind of understand what his body needs to do to execute that task. And then on the other end, it's like, Hey, you know, one of the constraints that can be placed upon us is like our body just can't move that way. Right. It's like, okay. So that's why we have the training set up the way that we do. Like, can your spine move? Can your hips move? Um, do you have the the movement capacity to execute the task? Right. So that's a, that is also being addressed as well. Um, and then like the specifics on like getting guys out, like you said, like, can I throw a slider? Can I throw a change up? Like, can I execute a fastball like in and out? So we try to touch on each and everything. Um, but majority of our clientele is a little bit, you know, younger. So we have to like dumb it down or, or constrain it a little bit more. Um, so they can, you know, kind of reap those benefits a little bit faster. Um, so, but yeah, man. Um, but like I said, you know, this is just kind of something that, you know, has, has been, um, kind of created on its own through a bunch of experience, um, and a bunch of, um, you know, just kind of like self-study on my end on like understanding different, different nuanced concepts and ideas to training. Um, and like being like in touch with the, just the, the whole like world of training and like trying to like understand a concept, take it in ingest it, break it down to its fundamental pieces. And then taking what, what I kind of see is going to be beneficial for my guys and then applying it to them. Um, cause like you don't know everything. I don't know everything. There's a bunch of people with a, with great ideas out there that come up with these concepts. And it's like, I don't want to just brush that off. Like, I want to like, like I said, just fully like digest that idea and, and break it down to its fundamental, you know, fundamentals and, and see like, how can I apply that to help the, the, the people that are around me? How can I help their lives? Because I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what we, why we do what we do. Right. And if that's not why that's, you know, it's going to be a tough, journey for you as a coach like you have to do what you do to help the people that you're blessed to you know kind of just have your hands on to, and kind of mold um with with the goals that, that they have set out for themselves so that's you know that's why we do what we do like i want to help i want to help the people that that i have the opportunity to help yeah there's so many good points there that i want to touch on it was like you talk about i don't have the answers you don't have the answers like the, the whole everything I, every time i go to presents for a college or like a seminar it's like it's uh, my whole talk is like there are no experts and this like yeah and then like the coach will like like they'll agree to it and then they're like then they'll this shit on like but it's like there's so many points to take from everybody like even if you dislike them like you can steal stuff from like there's stuff i take from three by ten people all the time you know like it's i just yeah, i like yeah. trolling like i like making the jokes and it's funny but you take it from yeah. everybody bro even like like i and i i made this post the other day it's like uh seedman and um uh, who else it was like uh knees over toes it's like all right like program sucks okay okay, okay. if you want to say there's things you want to take sure but like let's look at marketing then, you know, like, you know, like the aspects, there's so many things exactly. that you can take from every single person, but we close our minds off to it. And it's not only in the training world, it's in every aspect, but it's like, like be willing to learn from everybody. And I think you can get some really, like you can advance your own life and your own training and your own, like your own clientele's progress by just being able to like realize I don't have the answer. 
And that's not like a, it's not like you don't have to like self-deprecate yourself because you have the whole like not getting paid, but like I don't have the answer, but you also don't have the answer. You know, like we have pieces yeah. of the answer. We have pieces of things that we think are right and then applying and then grabbing those pieces from everybody. So we get closer to the truth rather than closer to feeling right. I, I love that. I love, I love what you just said there. That's, that's literally spot on. And it is, I mean, it is funny to watch the, the, just the world of training though. And like knees over toes and Joel Seedman and Grant Fowler and Yoakum and Kova and Tread and, and, you know, Kevin Foster and Javelin Anatomy and, you know, just like all these people, you know, like Zach Dakin, like, you know, like there's so many like Dak, you know, like, how, like the list goes on and on, right. Where these like really smart people that like have these great ideas. Right. So I think you got to have that mindset. Like you were just saying, like, what can I do to learn from these people instead of just like instantly shoot them down. And then, and then you also have the, you know, just like the, the professional setting, right. Like the medical setting where it's like, you know, this exercise for X amount of time equals this result. It's like that, you know, that's a tough, that's a tough thing for me to wrap my head around too, where it's like, you know what, like, it's not that cut and dry, man. Like it's, it's really not. So, um, but yeah, I, I think the whole, you know, just overarching concept is just a never think, you know, everything, appreciate everyone's idea and take it for what it is and apply it to your, your people that you get to work with on a daily basis. I, I just really think that I'm going to stick to my guns on that as long as I do this. Well, and it, like uh, one of the best things I've been writing about this too, is like, I've had hundreds of these podcasts with hundreds of, um, so like not self, uh, hundreds of people I think are experts in what they do. That's why I bring them on a podcast. I want to learn from them. I think they, they have an expertise in what they do. And every single, not a single person has came on the podcast and said the same thing as the person before them. You know, these are, I have had a hundred podcasts of hundred different guests. Every single person has said something at least slightly different. So like that is super, especially early on. It's like, like when you're stuck in that like mold it's like okay just listen like you, you respect all these people you see that and not not saying you just grab everything but you see all these people have different ideas and they're all experts so like like that should be very eye-opening to see there's so many different ways to approach it and so many different ways to get closer to the truth and that's something mm -hmm. that i emphasize um i love it you mentioned you mentioned something about learning a new pitch and this is something i want to talk to you about before before the podcast is over i'm interested in your approach to learning a new pitch or learning a new skill. I'm, I geek out about like the skill acquisition world. What is your approach to teaching a new pitch to teaching a new skill like that? I think that's something that when you talk about it in learning a new pitch, there's so many pieces we can take from that and be like, Oh, we can, that's how he learned the skill of throwing a baseball. Like let's take that and learn the skill of maybe running a route or learn the skill of uh, pass rushing. But I, I always geek out about like, learning skills like well what is your approach to learning a new skill or learning the the learning how to throw a new pitch yeah yeah no I, I love I love that process as well of like just learning new things um I think that you know it all starts with the kind of the internal uh, motivation from the athlete um like just like the rehab it's like okay like I have this kind of goal set out where like I want to strike more guys out or like I want to be more successful in my task with which is like pitching right it starts there internally um and then from there we look at kind of like the science on like okay like this is kind of like let's just say a slider right like this is what your slider looks like this is what like a really really good slider looks like and this is what a really bad slider looks like and this is kind of where you fall right 
this slider is really good because of this. This slider is really bad because of this. And we use like TrackMan or Rapsodo to kind of get like the actual physics of how the ball is spinning. Um, and then from there, like we, we tie in the, the, the science and the physics of how the ball is moving to the internal kind of attachment to like the athlete, knowing that if I learn this, that it's going to make me better at what I'm doing. So we're taking science and we're taking kind of like just the human organism, putting those two things together. And then from there, it's, you know, with any sort of like acquired skill, it takes understanding, it takes time, it takes patience and it takes consistency, right? So like if it's a kid learning a new slider, it's like, Hey, let's try this grip. Hey, let's try this grip. Hey, let's try this grip. Hey, let's try this intent and this focus. You know, there's no like, this is how you throw a slider. This is the process go. It's like, just like with any, any new acquired skill, right? It's, you're just going to have to work through it with the athletes. Some athletes are going to get it faster than others. And that's just the way, that's just the way it goes sometimes, but it's taken the, the athlete's desire to want to be better at the task. And it's taking the kind of like the science behind what's going on inside of the task and, and kind of blending those two together. But, you know, as far as like the specifics with learning a new pitch, it's, like literally just grip, like trying different grips. Right. And like having fun with it, like being in a bullpen, like, Hey, let's throw this slider like this, or like, Hey, like think like bring your hand around the ball, ball release, like with some internal cues. Right. Or like, Hey, let's move your thumb here. It's like, okay, boom. We can look at the metrics of like how your pitch just moved in relation to like uh, an above average pitch and, 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 and design pitches, you know, the, the term is like pitch design, like in the baseball community, design pitches based off that stuff. Right. What's really cool about the whole pitch design kind of like philosophy is like, you have these people that are very set in stone, but like this pitch needs to look like this, this pitch needs to look like this, this pitch needs to look like this, but you know, there's so much, um, very variability inside of like the athlete that like there's guys in the big leagues that throw these pitches that are like bad pitches in terms of like what the, what the um, science says, but they just punch guys out and have a high swing, swing uh, rate or swing and miss uh, rate. And it's like, not like your standard, like, Oh, that's like a flat fastball. You know what I mean? But like, as the science um, improves, there's more metrics on each pitch. So then, you know, like, for example, um, when baseball first started using like TrackMan and stuff, it was like spin rate, right? It was like spin rate, spin rate, like spin rate's the thing, like what's spin rate, right? Now it's like evolved from spin rate to like the axis of spin to the the total movement, like vertical and horizontal breaks to like the approach angles of the pitch, like, the, like low approach angle, high approach angle, medium approach angle. So like it's a complex system, right? It's a complex task. So like as a coach, you have to respect that aspect of it too. Um, that like, there's going to be so much variability, like in like, what is a good pitch. Right. Um, but for us, for our clientele, like going back like 15 to 17 year olds, it's like, you know, for us, it's like the, the basics, like, can I throw a pitch that goes boom consistently, boom consistently. Right. Can I throw a pitch that does that? Can I throw a pitch that does that? Can I throw a okay, cool. And then from there kind of letting their arm slot and their like, you know, natural body movements, create those pitches on their own and let them just kind of go out and play and enjoy the game. There's, there's a, a good balance between all those different pieces in terms of like designing a pitch. Yeah, that's awesome. And you talked about how like these bad pitches are different and it's kind of like, well, if it is getting out, it's maybe it's the difference in that pitch is what makes you different. And what makes you different is a lot. Oh, it's what allows you to like punch people out, you know, like, you know, so I think, I think a lot of this, like 
Mm-hmm. If everybody's throwing the same pitch the same way, like it's going to turn into just like the pitching machine. The pit, like the batter's going to get used to that, you know, like they're hitting out the pitching yeah. machine because the same thing over and over again, you know, like what mm-hmm. makes you different is what makes you different. And like, again, it's still the balance with like you want the like you want the pitch to go this way, you want the but like having that difference and having that variability probably does help you in the end game rather than trying to be the same pitching machine everybody else is. Yes, 100%. And 100%. What I wanted you, you talked about like grabbing it this way, grabbing it that way. Um, and I want to, I want to just tie this back into tangibles. Um, how are like, what does a session, is it, is it just organic in a session and it's just happening in a session or are you setting out time to like experiment with something like here for these 10 minutes, we're going to experiment with different things during the slider. And then we're going to take it into that more internal cue where we're a little bit more focused in what I want to actually see after we play around with this or how are you taking the time to discover some of this for, uh, maybe pitching coaches out there that are like looking for a tangible of like how you actually go about that. Yeah. So for us, um, priority number one is like movement efficiency. So like, can you like repeat your mechanics and can you flow and just like be a whip, right? Like, can you move in and out of positions and like, just be an athlete? Like that's priority number one. Like, can, can we do that? Right. And then that kind of ties into training. Like, can your spine move? Can your scaps move? Can your hips move? right? Can the the body move in general? So movement efficiencies are first kind of like priority. And we address that during, you know, especially beginning of the off season, because we do, it is a little bit kind of like a linear periodization model because we have like a start date and like, this is when the kid needs to play. So we try our best to kind of touch each and every element um, inside of that, you know, kind of block of training. So when they come in, especially for a younger kid, it's like they have this like five to six week period where they're like, we're moving, we're moving. Like, how do I move better? Right. And then it kind of goes into like, okay, cool. Like, can I move really good and throw hard? Right. Okay, cool. Can I blend those relaxed flowy fills into like high effort throws? Right. Okay. Now can I do that on a slope? Okay, cool. Now, now I get on the mound. Let me get used to throwing on a slope to a catcher. Okay. Now I'm there. Now let's go into like the individual pieces of like throwing certain types of pitches. So it's kind of like, sectioned off a little bit to give them time to kind of hyper focus on those individual pieces. But at the same time, for example, I might have a guy that just moves better on the mound in general than like flat ground throw. So I was like, have him get on the mound earlier, right. Based off kind of what I see, what's going on on the floor. So we do have kind of like set times and structures to work on those things versus like kid comes in day one, let's work on your slider. It's like, I know that your slider is going to probably be able to be better if you move better. So like, let's address the root first before we go into like the actual kind of like problem or like task of like throwing a slider, if that makes sense. So for coaches, it's like, Hey, if your athletes move really good, they're going to have the ability to throw, throw those pitches that, that are going to make guys look stupid. So don't go right into it. And that's kind of like that. The baseball world has this like private lesson model where like, I'm going to like this guy for an hour a week. And like, we're just working on my off speed stuff, but like you move really bad. <laughs> And you throw 75. It's like, let's address the other things first. And like a lot of, a lot of like the nasty pitches is just going to be a byproduct of those other things. Like I was saying. So yeah, you know, move better and then work on the actual like movement profile of the pitch. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very important process. That's your that's your Instagram quote right there. That that's baller. <laughs> I was just not because I, I uh I've been having these like uh, doing these Q and A's man, and you just have these people. It's like they yeah, it's like uh and this is more like less of a baseball world, but more general. It's like how do I unlock my hips? Like my hips are. It's like but it's, 
you just move like shit, bro. Like, like <laughs> your program, you move like shit. Like, of course you feel like, see this with athletes. It's like my hips, I need a like specific mobility program. It's like, no, you just need to move, move your hips. Like you just need to move. Like, and it's like, literally like they'll go from straight off the couch to no training and doing nothing to like, of course you're going to be locked. Your whole body's locked up, bro. Like you're not moving at all. Like you move like ass, like exactly. Like we're just going to move. Like, and I promise in it every single time it's like, we start moving. It's like, oh, this is magic. It's it's this. It's that. No, it's like none of it is magic. We literally just started moving our body, and we we feel like a body should feel like like that. That part frustrates me. It's like like we want these private lessons. We want these specific fixes, and we want these like they're just band aids. And the most like coaches are willing to sell it because kids will pay for it. And it's like it's bullshit, man. Like we're selling poison to these. Like move yeah. better. Like get the big blocks in place first. And if you are one of the 10% of people that have the big spot spots in place, then we move on to the next thing. And we have athletes like that. We for sure do. I know you do with the big league players that you're working with and the college players that you're working with. But like mm -hmm. first, like we, I'm not, I'm not selling you. Like I will, I will straight up reject your business before I sell you the poison of like, we are going to fix the big blocks first. And we were going to put you on this first and you are not going to be special first. And then once we get to the next part, once you enter into that 10%, then we will work with you in that 10% aspect. But like, I don't know, man, that, that, that part, that part recently. And it, yeah. I, it, I think it pisses me off more so on the coach's end because these, mm -hmm. these kids think this because the coaches will sell it to them. They'll sell it to them on social media and they'll sell it to them in person to get their business. But it's like that that's not what you need. And you've been sold a lie. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think that you just, and whenever I get people to come in and are like, Hey, I want to train at Cova. Like I just tell them I'm like, okay, well like, you know, you're 14 years old, right? You have this goal to like play, you know, college baseball. It's like, okay, cool. Like everyone else has that goal too. Um, but then at the same time, you want to ask me like, oh, like when is his first bullpen? It's like, okay, well, like, no, um, <laughs> your spine is frozen, right? You don't know how to throw a ball in general, right? You're not very athletic. So like, this is kind of why we're not going to throw bullpens for a while. I know you got a little showcase coming up, but you're paying me to train you, right? And I kind of know the order of events from here on out. So like, if you don't trust me, adios. If you trust me, let's go to work. And and then also, if you have any questions, I will answer and explain to them or explain them to you the way that I just did. Like there's a, there's a rhyme and a reason, like you just said, like just get off the couch and move first. Like you don't have to go into like, hey, like why is my vertical not 40 inches? what the heck, like what specific program can you give me to get my vertical to 40 inches so I can therefore go play college football? It's like, it just doesn't work that way, man. Sorry. Like, and if you can't accept that, then just go like do something else because it's going to be a long road if you can't accept that now. But you're right. It's, it's on the coach to tell the player that, right? To kind of show them and lay out what the process is going to look like for them and why we're not doing these things and why we're doing these things. And you know, if you're with it, you know, then perfect. Let's trust the process and keep going. But if you're not, then look, man, like it is what it is. Like you, you can just go, go somewhere else. Yeah. On the vertical idea, I got a question in the Q and A's again yesterday was too, it's like what the mental, like, how do I break a mental barrier of dunking? I'm like, bro, like <laughs> go dunk. Like there's no mental yeah. barrier for dunk. like it, like dunking specifically, man. Like it's literally either yeah. you can or you can't. 
Uh, if you yeah. can't go get better uh, and go do it more. And if you can, then keep doing it. You know, like I was like looking yeah. at, but that, I mean, that was just such a micro view of the field and of like uh -huh. what these kids are sold. It's like, it's like, man, that's not, there's no specific, like you just got to go down. Where's you the go line? Jump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, for me, like going back on like my life, it's like, like play guitar, right? It's like, okay. What does that look like? I want to learn this song. It's like, okay, cool. Like, but you don't know how to play chords. So like you got to take a couple months and like play some chords, right? Like, oh, it's dunking. It's like, okay, like I don't like I didn't try to dunk. Like there's no program. I just got to go dunk, right? And then like for these young throwers, it's like what specific drill do I need to do to throw a thousand miles an hour? It's like, look, man, just show up every day and throw. Let's start there. Show up every day and move. Let's start there. And then those more advanced kind of tasks will, will come along. I think that even like, you know, did you skateboard as a kid? No, I didn't. Yeah. I'm actually asked but like, at but, it. But even that, it's like learning how to ollie for me. I skateboarded. Like I tried a bunch of different things. Like learning how to ollie. It's like, okay, you don't just like, okay, my foot does this to this. It's like, no, you have to like try to ollie for 12 hours for three weeks. And then guess what's going to happen? Guess what? You're going to ollie. It's going to be sick, right? And you learn something new. That's just how it works. That's just how it works. So yeah, social media, the whole TikTok craze and like this instant gratification thing is like a big battle that we have as coaches this day and age. But if we can communicate and, and create these um, environments for these kids, I think that um, kids and adults like that they can they can kind of move past that a little bit um, with some good communication, some good programming. Um, we can we can still push push us forward, um, just us in general as like humans and and then leveling up. So yeah, and I really like the point you you brought up the guitar thing. It's like if I wanted to play uh, play guitar, I want to play this song. It goes back to chords. I got to learn how. To, like maybe you have to go back to music notes. Like you didn't know chords. Sometimes you had to know like the notes that you got to and like go through the sounds of everything. And you got this whole like funnel system of it. And I was actually <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm working on some writing for this one too. Is thinking about this thought process. It's like um my girlfriend's doing this tiktok dance and to like to learn a tiktok dance like she slowed down the dance and then she broke down the dance and she's like she was going through and i'm not saying everything is like perfect technically like this but it's like when you're when you're learning a skill it's like drawing it back to that like at some point it gets drawn all the way back to movement but from movement it goes to this from this it goes to that and you're working up this hierarchy of of pieces and it's it's not all pretty like that it'll ebb and flow between it but in like sports it's like is football specifically bad with this it's like if you want to learn the skill of pass rushing, it's like you should slow it down. And I had Ben Creamer on and we talked about some of these things and how like mm -hmm. maybe work some martial arts and work movement, uh, bring, bring it all the way back. But it's like we, we, we don't slow it like the art of pass rushing down. Like we go we go do these fucking like ladder bag drills. You know, it's like we're just missing so many pieces. I, I just really like that you brought up that your brain was there, too, with the like the chords and bring it all the way back. Like we're bringing it. And I didn't think about bringing it all the way back to movement because that's like that's that base, man. Like you bring mm -hmm. it all the way back to the chords. You're bringing it all the way back to like original piece of that dance move or, or the notes of a music. Like you got to bring it at some point all the way back. And then you, you ebb and flow between these pieces. But if what's your training, it goes back to the very first thing you said in this podcast is like, you're, you're the environment that you prepare yourself in has to be so much higher than the training at like than the actual like game environment and your, your environment and your, your training has to prepare you for it. And 
I'll just, I just see a lot of training that does not do that. That is in, in no way connected to what you're going to be required to do. And it is in no way stimulating you in a way. And that's going to move you forward closer to what you need to do to allow you to play that song, to allow you to hit that dance move, to allow you to pitch the ball that you want to pitch. 100% spot on with that. Well, boom. Okay. Before we go, you, you talked about before we started recording, you said, Sometimes you go four months straight Kova, it's all business. And then sometimes you go four months just straight, like I want to be a savage. Where are you currently at in your own personal training journey right now? Like, what are you up to right now? What are some rabbit holes you're in personally deep? And uh, and maybe it's not, maybe it hasn't hit Kova full blown yet, but what are some of the things that are on edge for you that you are really enjoying about? Um, I think for me, you know, I have your standard, you know, aches and pains, like in soreness and, you know, recovery from training. Um, and for me, I, I want to start to understand like a lot of the PRI concepts and like compression expansion strategies and, 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 and understanding it on that level and kind of seeing where like older players can maybe start to make, you know, compensations um, that are a good thing, but can become bad things and like learning and creating systems um, around like exercise selection to alleviate some of those compensation patterns that are created. Um, and then also from a performance standpoint, like you know, what, what, um, what can a kid not do? Like, can he not like compress and expand his rib cage to the point to where he can allow his scap to move and like, and like just understanding things, uh, on that terms. And, and then for me, as I, as I age, um, like being able to understand kind of where my limitations are, are and, and where I can modify certain movements, um, to help me kind of like keep myself at a baseline because, I really enjoy the fact that I can just like not train for a little bit and then just like go pop like a 38 vert or 37 vert or like, you know, just get under 315 and like press it or, or like I can go like do some jujitsu. Like, like that's the type of era. Like I can go with high school kids and like hoop, like, and just play basketball. Like that's kind of like where I, I want to be able to have that freedom as I get older. And as I age, like, I want to be like, you know, 65 years old and like be able to go to Colorado and like hop on some slopes and like, you know, so like understanding the deeper um, um, kind of movements that the body can be capable of and like creating exercise selection around that, but also still respecting the fact that movement is movement and like you just got to move on a daily basis. But I think probably just going down the rabbit hole of, of compensation patterns and, and movement capacity and like creating systems around that to help even older, like you can say like a 35 year old big leaguer that has been in the league forever and like kind of what kind of compensation patterns he's created and how can I design programs around that um, to help that guy, you know, prolong his career um, that. And then also like, I always go back to the whole rehab thing. Like for me, like, it's like, okay, like I want to like kind of start throwing again. Like I have, I still have a full tear in my UCL. So, um, and this is where I, I enjoy a lot of, of Dr. Tommy John and like even pitching doctors application for like um, using like electronic, electronic, uh, like stem stimulation. Um, I have uh, an arc wave unit. Um, and like, I'll just like, <laughs> for example, like if I want to throw, like I'll just pop that unit on and like, I don't overcomplicate it. Like I'll pop that unit on and I'll just get like a band and go into ER and just like, and just like crank on it. And like, it feels good. Like, doing that and like if i train at that stimulus like i can throw and it, it's it's less painful same thing for like i'll use the electronic stem um and uh go up to a wall and just like literally try to gap the bones as hard as i can like i'll just go up and try to gap where the ucl should be and like and you know a byproduct of that is the muscles contract to keep it stable and kind of like finding exercises that target that like in the rehab setting um and like <clears throat> 
it's so cool for me, like, especially cause I'm still young and I can throw, um, being able to like actually throw and understanding how movement efficiency positively affects like the transfer of energy. And like, you know, just the, like, if I have a bad throw where I don't move good, like, guess what? I feel it. <laughs> but if I have a throw where like kind of all the pieces are there, tension, relaxation, timing, overall positions, like how I feel my recovery, like, and I, and I execute a throw, it's like, boom, no pain. And that's with a full tear. So like, just those two things I'm always going to kind of like dabble in um, those two things right there, just programming in general. And then just like the whole rehab rehab thing. And like, for me, I got to have that, like, cause I'm just, a, I'm just kind of crazy. Like I got to have something where I can just like put that intent that like, I'm going to throw a hundred by you intent. Like I'll always have that. So like, I got to find something, whether that's like learning coaching or like training or like whatever it is, I got to have something in my life where I am putting that type of intent to, cause I kind of like, that that's what fulfills me yeah otherwise you go crazy yep <laughs> yeah exactly I'm, I'm in the yeah. same boat i love it uh well coach this is awesome thank you for taking the time to do this we're about an hour 30 in this was sweet awesome yeah i had a great time man and uh i really appreciate all the stuff that you do and the concepts that you kind of put out there into the training world um you're positively affecting a lot of people um and and i know that our strength coach he, he's actually in here right now but he like really looks up to you a lot and and, and dives into your concepts and takes the good stuff that you put out there and like we apply it to our people. So like what you're doing is helping people in Texas too. So like, I think that that just, that's huge for us. So we really appreciate what you do and the content and the work that you put in building your business. And we wish nothing but success to you guys and, and continue growth and, and growth and knowledge and, and just client base and all that stuff. So um, keep up the good work and, and thanks for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. Boom. Thank you, coach. I, I have stolen a ton of stuff from you guys and, uh, my slow pitch softball swing and team thanks you for that too so that, yeah. that, that's, that's what i've been working on a bunch of the t stuff and the constraint based hitting stuff from you guys so it, it's been pretty sweet awesome i love it yeah you can swing it by the way <laughs> you, got, you, you got some juice for sure so keep it working on it we, we, we we're learning the swing slowly but thanks for being on thank you awesome. guys for listening keep chopping wood thank you for listening Join us next week as we dive down another rabbit hole. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at Austin Yoakum to stay updated on future podcast guests. Keep chopping wood.